0: Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. We're going to look at Mike Allred's The Atomics, number one, from AAA Pop Comics, uh, Mike Allred's self-publishing company. Before we do, I want to invite everybody watching to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. Hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button. We will notify you when new videos are posted. If you are, uh, like a lot of the kayfabers out there that wanna track down these comics that we show off, it'll give you a little bit of a leg up and maybe get you ahead of the kayfabe effect so you can buy these books before they go missing. Uh, Also, let the video play through to the end. That helps YouTube's algorithm share our videos with other comics fans who may not know cartoonist kayfabe yet. And uh, that's how we grow the channel. So thank you for your help. And uh, let's dive into this, Ed. Yes. This is, I remember buying this one off the stands being super excited i think it's 2000 is uh january 2000 is the date listed there in the indicia and uh strange time for comics because that is comics bottoming out Mm -hmm. you know that that end of the 90s early 2000s before graphic novels and before manga had taken over bookshops it felt like a weird time like in hindsight to say i'm gonna go self-publish yeah for sure i was
1: uh i was blissfully ignorant
0: to the the kind of uh
1: the, the sad state of affairs uh, that, that comics was in it's right after I'm at uh, art school and I uh, am paying off my debts So I'm working at at, uh, at the call center still and it's a period of time where I did such a little Drawing and it's the only time in my life that I didn't do much drawing like I um was really kind of like living life a little bit Hanging out with the people that I was working with a lot going to like lots of parties and shit and I just would be zapped of energy uh, for after a day's work of being yelled at by people on the phone all all day every single day and but i still kept up and i still had a pool pull box and and would would uh, have comics you know ready ready every every week but there was slim pickings in a lot of ways this is when i'm piecing together my sets of love and rockets of hate of eight ball acme novelty uh the things i would have had on my pool list that i would give a shot would be like that John Cassidy, Captain America was out and I like tried that the, uh, the, um, Astro boy, the little digest joints yes. were coming out around that time. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff that would have been on my pull list, but this would have been in like that comic shop news, that little newspaper. And mm-hmm. it got, got big shine there. It, it, it made me wonder if it's like, is this some stuff like. Mike Allred's buying temperature was pretty high. I I don't know where the X-Force stuff.
0: A year, a little over a year later is X-Force.
1: Oh, interesting. Interesting. But he was playing around with other... Madman Mad was, was on my pull list. And Madman transitioned to, like, these other, like, little mini-series or something. It's like the chance to, like, have another
0: issue, number one or something. And it had it, gone through several publishers at that point and uh, had done a pretty good stint at Dark Horse Comics, which is part of why I'm confused... Whenever you know, like he's deciding to self-publish again at a time that seemed like a dangerous time to it, self-publish. Yeah, it
1: was it was still Dark Horse before before this, yes. and
0: then it goes to to uh, to Image after.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, like you know, he created this mythology. It is confusing uh, why he, he would choose choose this point, but I I do think that he was he was as popular as he ever was. Also, the 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 unfortunate reality of self-publishing is if you don't hit a, um, let's say, let's say you are with a publisher and your book, it doesn't hit a certain standard that you need to live your life and pay your bills and stuff. If you still can hit those numbers self published, it's a bet like, like you'll, you'll be able to take care of yourself. It's just, you have to do administrative work on top of also making a comic book, Right. but basically what I'm saying is you could sell less and make more money. Because there's no middleman right. to to cut out, and I don't know how well this comic did. Like I have every issue; uh, it was on my pull list, and uh, but I don't see it in in like the dollar bins.
0: Well, I think that speaks to when it was published. You know, like print runs are just at a at a really low point. You know, when I talk about like a bad time for comics, that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like they just weren't selling big numbers, so that's probably why you don't see it. You know, because of the quantities. I don't know what how many were printed, but there just weren't the big quantities. Crack this some bitch open, dude. Because because like off the bat, right? I'm wondering if this is
1: even offset printed, or if it's like web press. Because the way the color is attracted to that paper, there there's almost like a bubble jet kind of. Mm-hmm. Haze to it that feels different than just the the sort of dot separations that we associate with with offset printing
0: Yeah, that's that's very interesting and I, I can't speak to what that is I know there's some different stuff the way dot patterns are generated because uh, around and I don't know the date I'm thinking it's a little bit later, but I could be wrong They start doing like an organic dot pattern uh, is an option, you know instead of like we think of like the perfect yeah. dots And it's supposed to blend color a little better. So I don't know if he may have been doing something like that at the time. You know, Laura Allred, his longtime coloring partner, uh, is here with Color and Separation. So it's possible something was going on. The note there is this is real newsprint, which was really unusual. I think they only did it for the first four issues or so. And whenever they switch, there's some you know there's a lot of talk about well relatively speaking there's a fair amount of talk about the paper and it, it was cheaper supposedly to print on non newsprint still the case still the case but anything that deviates from the norm is uh more expensive it makes me wonder about the web press thing though because if you're doing web press I don't think the newsprint would have been a cost issue. You know, like, I don't think it would have been more expensive, but then you need a certain amount of quantities. Right, right,
1: right. But, but, but if you get to a higher level of quantities, then you need to go offset
0: for it to be cheaper. Right? I don't think so. I think the web press is the cheapest for, for giant quantities, Uh but I'm saying like, I don't know that this was hitting the giant quantities where that would have been cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. But for myself, total
1: sales mechanism, man. Like I, I, I loved, this, yeah, that... uh, this newsprint. <laughs> yes, and, me and... and my
0: nerdy friends. That that that's true. And uh, we might have talked about it once we started to be friends. <laughs> uh,
1: we we you know we're old enough now that that it's starting to get the patina of these like fifties or true. I, I guess seventies. Uh, yeah, that's funny.
0: Sunday funnies. That's really funny. So off we go. A couple of names in here, are, I think from his past. I think he's worked with with Bob Schreck, uh, Jamie Rich. I think of as like Oni Press, and I know Alred did some stuff there. So, uh, and Joe. Mac? I don't know how you pronounce his name, but that's also um, Oni Press. Okay. I believe. Yeah. Alex hey. Ross is a thank you. That's an interesting shout out.
1: Alex Ross uh, painted, painted some Madman covers and cards and stuff like that. They, they
0: had a, uh, there, was, there was some relationship there. I'm trying to figure out if he did Madman Superman before this. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he de- definitely did. Because that's a pretty—I mean, how much bigger do you get at that point? You're 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 basically mainstream if DC's willing to shop uh, Superman. Well,
1: you know, it, it, like you said, it, it's that period where, where comics are nosediving. So fuck it, man, make a
0: couple extra dollars licensing off your, your character. Pretty bold uh, page one here. I don't know any other comics that look quite like that that is that's really going for it I like it it looks neat but it's very different for a splash page especially when you think of like Laura all red color you know I, I would expect like a page full of a more traditional splash splash page you know? right um, I like his character designs a lot of these characters I think are attractive looking they almost look like they could be any era of comp superhero comics you know if this were a Charlton comic Sure. Fit right in. Doesn't look any different than um, like the X-Force. kind of Like all these characters could be like typed into into, into that comic. And uh, and we're chasing this monster. I don't know what the Shrek reference is. <laughs> Feels like a Bob Shrek call out there. Sure. And a much more traditional what I think of as a splash page here.
1: Yeah. This is an era of uh, computer lettering that... Can you go to the front cover just real quick? Uh, the th- The thick The thick uh, dialogue bubble that you would see in Silver Age comics, what the function of that was, was that uh, that lettering was often pasted up. So you have that thick border. You could cut around that with some skizzers,
0: paste that shit down. By the way, uh, Scott Pilgrim, similar. Like, he would draw the word balloons on the original art, even though the lettering was then done, you know, after the fact.
1: Yeah, this stuff, you could see,
0: like, the little cuts from where this lettering was pasted onto the boards. This is, like, early computer lettering. You know, I think John Byrne would work this way, like five, six years before this, where he's cutting out his, his digitally printed lettering and pasting it down. Yeah, pretty generic font. I was trying to figure that out. There's no credit for lettering anywhere in this comic that I could see. So I I was kind of wondering if this is a font that was based on his hand lettering. Because I would make fonts in the early 2000s, like it was a thing that people did. It wasn't, wasn't that hard. Um, but you would notice it like in letter spacing. Yeah. And if you look closely, like some of the letter spacing is just, it's odd. Yeah. And I wonder if that's the mark of like this is based on, you know, a, an alphabet that he made himself. Right. You know where you see it like this watch, the space between the W and the A is, is more than it would be if you hand lettered it? Probably. Sure. And I feel like that's one, you know, like there's little tells. Yeah, like the K and the
1: E are stuck together. Like that that shit definitely happens. Mot from Hoople, not Mott the Hoople. <laughs>
0: Red Rocket Seven, man, big music guy. Yes, there's one to look at, man. Talk about a comic that came out and kind of disappeared. A square can't, can't. You're playing with fire with these shapes. Yeah, even though everybody who has a record collection seems to have figured out uh, spacing for that kind of thing. Yeah, it does seem like it should work. Um, Mr. Gum, our uh, our stretchy guy, fun to see him. You know, we looked at Jack Cole's Plastic Man recently, so fun to see him kind of uh, being twisted and pulled and, and snapping around in these various panels. Also, I like these uh, these panel pieces, right? We're giving backstory, and they're in the shape of a puzzle, right? He's, he's telling us stuff. He's, he's putting this together. You know, it's really good,
1: man. A comic storytelling stuff. An intergalactic Sadie Hawkins chase led two alien species on a crash course to Earth. Asterisk. So we know. Like, take a look at the footer. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Earth of Sadie Hawkins tradition involves a day when a single woman can have the man of her choosing, if she can catch him, and then, but in the alien tradition, the stakes are much higher in
0: fact deadly. So, he wants you to read
1: this, 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 and you do.
0: Yeah, and we often point out how arrows are like a bad piece of storytelling. I feel like it's part of this whole movement through here, and part of it's that puzzle layout. You know, like you're doing a layout that's a little bit strange, so, you almost need that kind of manipulation, whether it's an asterisk or arrows, to uh, help lead you through this. Yeah, it's just I've never
1: seen the footer used to, like, manipulate the reader into reading something on the bottom before reading. Because this, like, you know, Sadie Hawkins tradition, blah, blah, blah. But the alien tradition, like, this is the one that's supposed to be read after that's this. That's true. That's true. And that's he very fucks you with your head, and, and he manipulates you, and, he, and it works, God damn it.
0: <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's great. And our puzzle falling apart now—the pieces that don't quite
1: fit together yet. When he starts drawing like the the, the beatnik dude with the with the fu- with the fuzzy shirt
0: and like the unibrow, I start feeling like he's talking about Paul Pope and shit. You know what? That's exactly what I was thinking. It, that is such a uh, some of those textures so much are like Paul Pope. Yeah, yeah, and and like the way Paul Pope draws himself and stuff. I feel like that might be Mister Gum, aka the Booger in this comic. <laughs> right. Yes, the Booger. So these beatniks get this kind of like I don't know alien acid poured on them, and that's what leads to their superpowers. Story is not the point of this comic. Fair My, to say?
1: Yeah, but he like Mike. Mike already just he has this like vast mythology that he's been creating like in the pages of Madman, mm-hmm. and uh, the the mutant street beatniks are part of it like towards the end of that madman run which what which was also on my pool list whenever i you know had my own uh, money like the little the little antenna started coming out of the lightning symbol right here indicating some 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 transformation or some other thing happening with uh with madman so that carries on to this
0: I love the big thick ink lines that he's doing here.
1: His, yeah, his thick ink, like it, it is, it is uh, at its at its height here.
0: Yeah, and also I think we've said this in past All Red videos, some of the best gloves in comics. <laughs> <laughs> Great figure artist. This is a good yes, page too. Um, but but
1: but it's but it's weird because. The characters always feel like they're they're floating, and, and this is... Okay, like, once again, can you just go to the cover real quick, the front cover? Because, like, you see these characters, they're all twisted, nobody's just standing straight up. But these characters, they almost always look like color forms. It's like he draws the characters before he figures out the perspective and stuff. So
0: the characters are always floating in the space. It calls to mind uh, Shaky Kane, that idea of drawing yeah. the characters separately and then putting them in. But, you know, the movement stuff is really great because, to me, that's superhero comics. Like, like that's a fundamental thing, and it's something a lot of people don't do. And yeah. it's part of what makes his work pop, for lack of a better word. But it's so lively in the... You know, he's sideways. He's sideways madman in every single one of these panels. And... and Upside down. He, no characters that
1: I've ever seen him draw are just standing. Yes. A front view, a three-quarter view. It's all, like... A lot of twisting and turning and stuff like he he figured out the cylinders and all that stuff to like build your figure and and all the tricks Mm -hmm. to twist and turn your characters he figured out that shorthand and just just came up with a way to it's like a sixth sense to him
0: yeah he's great with this figure stuff but none of it feels like he's posing uh, in the mirror or taking pictures of somebody for reference sure yeah which is great yeah, for superheroes. Yeah, that, that's why that's why I
1: say it that way about like figuring out the cylinders yeah. and stuff. There, there are those like it's it's a savant quality like to to kind certain of certain artists who who just like they know the kind of like things to do to twist that figure and, and put it into a believable
0: position. It's neat too because it's not like slav- slavishly following a Jack Kirby or something. You right. know, it's very dynamic, but it's not that you know it's like other ways to make these characters move. He's himself man. Cartoonist Kayfabe is sponsored by the comic books Ed Piscor and I make. If you want to support Cartoonist Kayfabe pick up our comics and books wherever you buy them. Starting with Red Room the Antisocial Network season one of Ed's Murder on the Dark Web for fun and profit. Trigger warning, season two is now in stores everywhere. This is issue number one. Issue two also available. Issue three coming next month. And uh, available wherever you buy comics, except for banned in seven comic stores. Uh, Hopefully that number's not rising, but you never know. Well, you know what,
1: the cool thing about it rising is that the bigger comic shops heard about that stuff, tripled their orders, man.
0: (laughs) Nice. WYSIWYG, a history of computer hacking. X Men Grand Design, the grand design that started them all, including Hulk Grand Design. Can't wait to see. Three oversized volumes of this available. Can't wait to see what your cover looks like when you put yours together, Jimmy. And Hip Hop Family Tree, a history of hip hop, available in four treasury sized editions or two beautiful box sets. You can pick up my latest book wherever comics are sold Hulk Grand Design Monster. This is in comic shops everywhere now with some beautiful variant covers, a retelling of the 60-year history of The Incredible Hulk, and coming in April, Hulk Grand Design Madness, with uh, also some beautiful cover choices here by Ed McGuinness and Jeff Darrow, as well as my cover. Again, the 60-year history of The Hulk, distilled down into two very dense, uh, oversized issues. Plain Janes, the first young adult comic graphic novel here in America by Cecil Castellucci and me. And Street Angel Deadly Scroll Live, which just went out of print from Image Comics, Ed. If you guys at home see Street Angel Deadly Scroll Live on your comic shop shelves, pick it up because it is no longer available for order. But the original Street Angel hardcover, oversized, uh, these are kind of like director's cuts, almost like artist editions. I think they're the nicest books ever designed. These are all still available from the publisher. You can get them wherever books are bought and sold. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. And there's your, uh, your mutant street... Beatniks. It's funny that that's it. that's part of his mythology, the Beatnik stuff. As a kid, I confused him and Charles Burns a lot. Yeah, I can see that. It, it, he has a lot of these skills that I admire in other cartoonists and sometimes their level of it is is jacked up Charles Burns being that that ink, you know, taking this kind of ink quality to an nth degree, but it, it is here and it's and it looks good. You know, it's a really good application. <laughs> your booger character even in the headlines right so they're just kinda going through its issue one let's get some background on how this team comes together so there's a fair amount of that exposition in here tracing madman's history with those mutant beatniks that you alluded to a minute ago and then you know kinda how they evolve into these superhero characters and again booger or mister gum anytime he's stretching around I'm on board Again, flashback. You know, we're we're getting back to how this originally started and how this team comes together. They look good whenever, like, pre-entering their superhero form. Yeah, um, this is a little bit of shades for me for uh, Charles Burns just having that kind of disease, postures all over these characters' faces and stuff. A
1: thousand percent. Shouts to Miss Laura Allred's color. Uh, I think on display beautifully here, where you have these kind of slate gray hues of the of the background and. Uh, of course, the superhero guy, hundred percent magenta, hundred percent yellow, red uh, mm-hmm. color, and a hundred percent yellow um, arrow to really make him stand out. And then you have some like more interesting uh, kind of secondary colors on these characters, but it's, they still pop compared to the uh, the background.
0: Yeah, there's a lot I like about that. You know, doing purple hair, this green olive hair, just just. I don't know having fun with your color palette like they don't have to be brown hair or natural colored hair heck, same with the skin tones heck of a portfolio piece man for 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 axel and bill jemis and those cats man pretty bold move though imagine you know you can do this now in marvel but whenever this happens and whenever this they, they take over x-force wild nothing looked like that so this is a pretty amazing sample to walk in and say hey uh, hey Joe, I got a I got a vision for you.
1: Yeah, I just got to get a better letter on the gimmick. Let's take Rob Liefeld's X Force <laughs> <laughs> and and run it through the nostalgia, yeah, you know, uh, filter. He's really good
0: with expressions too. Yeah. and I think a lot of this stuff, I don't know if it's taken for granted. I don't hear people say this about Allred, you know, because he does so many things. I think you focus on certain ones. Great superhero stuff, figures moving around. But his expressions are great. Like, all of his faces always look good, men or women. Uh, it, it's hard to draw good faces. Never and a dry expression. They're not buried under uh, any kind of weirdness, either. You know, these all read like human faces. Yeah. Yeah, no, he can build a figure. He's a heck of a, f- of a figure artist. Our classic superhero moments, right? Like, we've got to build costumes for everybody.
1: Yeah, they got the little unstable molecules machine that'll just, like, handle that.
0: Yeah, living costumes, I think he calls his mask. <laughs> it can be kind of tickly. Those are the little ticks too in his writing. The um, I almost said silly and that's not the right word for it, but it's, it's kind of leaning into some of the superhero uh, quirkiness. Quirky, that's, that's probably a better description. Here they are trying some of their uh, superpowers which <laughs> you, you, you drew the, the the wrong card if this is your superpower. Yeah,
1: you gotta have the <laughs> That's a
0: bummer. You gotta have the thing.
1: In your in your team, you do,
0: yeah, you do. Nobody likes that. That's a tragic figure. The thing,
1: yes. They always seem to be rotund too. Somebody needs to make like a skinny like monster team
0: sidekick character. Another great example of the stretching stuff. So good. Pretty pretty cool perspective going up a tree. And we're back to the present of them tracking down this monster character that Madman stabbed in the eye. I don't know if that monster character is bad or not. The costume almost looks like they're part of this team, right? <laughs> At least they shop in the same spot. So they're pretty aggressive. I mentioned Charlton, little shades of peacemaker. Sure. That's a timely reference, right? <laughs> I guess so, man. The geeks of one, <laughs> everything old is new again. I think this is going to become it girl, but we don't see her try to uh, you know, affect her superpowers yet. She's right. very uh, kind of shy about it. And now they're trying to figure out their name and we're getting a uh, we're, we're getting the airbrush effect from Photoshop with our soft edges around the edge of Atomics and uh, arguing o- over these various names. They'll pronounce it Auto-mix. I don't know if anybody's gonna do that. You know, you give people a lot of credit, Jim. You give people lots of credit. It's a funny choice though to go with the X, and I wonder uh, if that puts them on the X Force radar. Ecstatics, you know, they lean into Absolutely. the X after. I mean, all, you know, anything with X, I always think of like early days of Image and being like, you're not putting an X in your book.
1: Jimmy, I'm just saying that people call like they hear they come to the channel, they hear us say "cartoonist kayfabe," but in person they say, "I love cartoonist key fob." I
0: get, it. yeah, yeah, for you sure.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have good friends that can't pronounce it, and I, and I know we've said it a thousand times back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> and it still comes out wrong. Kifabi. Yeah, kifabi. You hear that quite a bit. So pretty much just setting up this team stuff for the future, and uh, as we near the end we have our, this character's introduction, origin, how they join the team coming through this, really like a, uh, a boom tube. Laura
1: Allred with the nighttime red palette, man, with like a little bit of cyan over top of the yellow, a little bit of cyan over top of the uh, magenta, yellow, red uh, to, to give you the nighttime flavor. You know, like you just can't take that kind of stuff for granted with, with
0: colorists cause they're just not all thinking about that kind of thing. I wonder how she's building her colors if she's going into Photoshop and like adding the values and CMY so she doesn't get black values in there because even though these are muted somewhat, they don't have that brown gray quality. I mean, that's, that's, that was
1: the rule, man. Like, like that that was absolutely a hundred percent the rule. Like you do not put, you know, K into the mixture. Uh, but like with the with the nighttime palette, like I I think that it was probably like a layer on top with like maybe ten percent cyan. Like you, you like you use hundred percent cyan and then put the opacity to
0: like ten percent or something. Yeah, like Yeah, because you really see it in like the flesh colors. Yeah, yeah those I colors would be is very uh, desaturated if you were doing black. If you were adding black to it, you would not add black. Yeah, absolutely not add black. You say this is a rule, Ed. A lot of people break that rule. They do now. They do now,
1: and and it's it's. I mean, it'll it'll come up in our in our comments now. Like. You know, I just don't agree with that. I, could, I think you could put some black in there. And then you look at the comics, and it's like, it does look like toilet paper, you know, before, after. Looks like the after
0: version of it. All right, that's our issue one. Next issue, Meatloaf and Monsters. A lot of energy in this comic. Yeah. It's very cool to see a self-published comic that feels like you're doing something different. And I feel like this comic feels that way. It still feels that way a little bit. But in two thousand, like this was definitely, it felt like a shot. Yeah,
1: I wonder how much stuff
0: they put to, put put out. Maybe maybe twenty books
1: because there was about fifteen of these issues, and then there would be uh, singular stuff. There would be like an It Girl that might have been a Triple mm-hmm. A pop. There was a Mr. Gum that might have been there or at some other publisher. Could but have been. Yeah,
0: there,
1: they they put out maybe twenty things. Uh, I do think that Mike and Laura like they pop into the comments every now and then. Uh, how much stuff did Atomic? I mean, Triple A Pop put out. Very curious. And I our, have it all.
0: Yeah, our uh, oh. intro, you know, the back matter, we don't have letters yet, so a little bit of background on how all red's come to this point. Um, starting in 1990, making making comics, so 10 years in, self-publishing at this point, think of uh, the number of comics that have come through, several volumes of Madman have been done, and I, I do think that Madman and Superman, um, pretty good, pretty good uh, decade coming, Mostly through indie comics. You know, up to this point, I think they did that one Spider-Man annual. He did some Sandmans. Sandman, um, Sandman um, a big one. He did Brother Power the
1: Geek uh, one shot, which I would be, yeah, happy, so be happy to look at.
0: Some, some DC Vertigo work.
1: Fascinating in this editorial piece that, you know, he was a... he's a, That guy, man, the cut of his jib, handsome fella. He So he was like a... Uh, TV, like a talking head mm-hmm. on some like magazine shows and it's like some, some European yeah, like, traveling around Europe doing uh, television spots for, for like the American people who mm-hmm. are like in, in the, those areas. And it turns out that a Comico contract is better paying than the TV gig, which lets you know about the state of affairs that comics was in, in that post 86, uh, post dark Knight Watchman sort of boom period for a very small amount of time, like Kamiko had some loot, they were trying some things, doing some, I, the way it reads here, doing some Hail Mary audibles to to try to, you know, bet big, risk big for potentially big rewards didn't
0: pan out. A uh, couple of thank yous and uh, well, support and encouragement from new friends, Matt Wagner, Dan Vado, SLG publisher, who published My First Street Angel, Bob Shrek, um, Editor all over the place, Dark Horse, DC, Oni. I think he was at Oni Press. I think he started. Oh, out absolutely. There for a yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's 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 how uh, Kevin Kevin Smith uh,
0: came in the mix. That's how Matt Wagner started fucking with it's, them. That's a lot of comics experience. Those three names, <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot a lot of people to uh, to have in your ear that, that probably know what they're talking about. And am I right that Mike Allred was published by Caliber really early on? Was oh yeah, 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 I yeah thought yeah. so. C- creatures of of it or whatever. Um, Have all that stuff. It is interesting to note that Kimiko piece. Like, I would be curious to have uh, to talk to Mike and get the history of like this first decade because of all the comics publishers he went through and the up and down in nineties comics publishing. Yeah, like it's just a lot of stuff. I mean, Tundra was the first uh, Madman publisher, so. Wow! Think about just the publisher stories he could talk about. He worked for everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you know we need to get some off the record also because that
0: might be the telling part of why he decides to go self-publish. Totally, he hasn't he
1: hasn't been back to Dark Horse. (laughs) Like, what's that
0: about? Is that true? I don't think so. Interesting. Madman becomes an Image comic for a period. That's right. Yeah, there's some of those that I'd like to look at too. Some interesting, uh, some some interesting comics from that run.
1: Yeah, he did a uh, like it might have been the Mister Gum uh, AAA Pop thing, but they did it. Oh, no, there's that one, like, Space, the, the uh, like, the one with J-Bone, Space, it's not Space Jam, but there's, like, something like that, and it's colored, like, the character colors, holding lines, like, black holding lines, they're all red color, but, like, animation-style backgrounds, paint, painterly and shit like that, uh, that, that's, like, one of the that might be Man, the last that makes me see.
0: that that sounds amazing. Yeah. I think I have seen that. Now that you mention it, that sounds familiar, so yeah, I'd be curious to check that out. Um and then finally a, a pin up here at the end that kind of gives us a little bit background on uh on 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 Madman. Yeah. And it's all read after the King. It's very much in that like Marvel, Marvel masterworks, yeah. Vein. Reminds me of 1963 a little bit. Some of the some of the quirkiness of this. I
1: mean, clearly, like he comes from that tradition, like in the midst of crazy, bombastic, hyperline density fucking image comics like he was doing Mad Men comics. He went the other way. He had this very bold ink style, you know, he I mean, it had this set of chops on display when there was nothing. Else, like it, you know, and it was a real breath of fresh air. He really attracted uh, a lot of the the older readers who um, who were like yearning for more of this in the midst of all the hyperbole of like the Image Comics creators. He built a real a real niche
0: for himself. I did a fill in on, uh, I think he was co creator of Eye Zombie. Mm-hmm. I did a fill in issue, and Laura already colored colored my line art That's in sick. that fill in issue. So that was pretty uh, pretty exciting for me as a longtime <laughs> fan of her color work. Um, but there you go, Atomic's number one, start of a self-published series for him that ran for, I think, over a year and pretty much led into uh, his, his deal on X-Force and x Did it come out monthly? I've got to take a look at those uh, corner boxes. It came out pretty frequently. I yeah. don't know if he hit monthly or not, because that seems really impossible, but I, I think it might have. You know, like, that's the other thing. He seems very dependable. Like, he's done so many monthly gigs. Um, I know self-publishing, there's a couple of extra steps in there, but... It does seem like he knows what he's doing in that regard. Another
1: book on my pull list around this time, man. Bizarre Heroes. I'm gonna have to get into that stuff, man. You good to go? I am. Gay okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. It's
0: to Jim. Hulk Grand Design Monster number one in comic shops everywhere while supplies last. If you haven't picked that up, do let your comic shop know you need a copy. Uh, and Hulk Grand Design Madness coming at the end of April. That'll conclude my 60-year reimagining of the Hulk's history. And you can join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug. Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one
1: and two out on the stands as we speak. Going to be coming out on a monthly basis and every issue is completely self-contained. Find it in Better Comic Shops anywhere. It is banned in seven comic shops, but what that really means is that it's that brown paper bag affair. You just ask those guys, they're going to hook you up with those contraband Red Room comics, no problem. They want your money. You can read these comics before they hit paper at my Patreon. Patreon.com slash score Three bucks for the archive there. The comic uh, strips hit the... Hit the uh, Patreon uh, before they, they hit paper so you can read the stuff ahead of everybody else. Hit up my link tree in the description below this video. You can get to
0: links to pre order and and check the stuff out on Patreon. What else, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist KFABE e newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist KFABE t shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. So that's another great way to support the Cartoonist KFABE channel. Jimmy, given the marching orders, will be on our way.
1: Read more comics.